Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. I've been fortunate enough to have the opportunity to play um, this game since I was in fourth grade, and uh, I've been with the Panthers now for eight years, and it's never the right time to step away, but now is the right time for me, and it's a tough decision. I've thought about it a lot, and I think now is is, is the right chance for me to, to move on. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Big Six Podcast. Sullen, Will Brinson, your host. Uh, tough day if you're a football fan because Luke Keekley, as you just heard, announced his retirement from football. This is actually the Luke Keekley Emergency Retires Emergency Podcast. It's myself and Sean Wagner. Sean, how you doing, buddy? Good. I like that uh when you have less names to announce, you can't get out my full name. Oh, sorry, Sean Wagner McGuff. I apologize. There it is. I like it. my bad. Anyway. Make it about you. You're, you're, Luke you're, you're emotional. I get it. I get it. It's yeah. okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. In a weird. Um, I, I mean, look. So Luke Keekley announced his retirement. I was sitting um, on the couch. I just put my son to bed. We recorded the Brady Quinn football show earlier. Make sure and check that out in your feed. And um, I had uh, Twitter open. I opened up Twitter and I saw that the Panthers had tweeted something. It was like Luke Keekley in a button down and a blazer, and I, I need to look and see what the caption was that the Panthers added to it. But uh, it was like I didn't need to see the video to know what, what it said. Um, let's see, where is it? I think it said, in my heart, I know it's the right thing to do. Is that their initial tweet? I believe it was. Yeah, in my heart, I know it's the right thing to do. And, like, it was – I was like, oh, my God, Luke Kikley's retiring. And that, that is a big, big shocking piece of news. And, um, I, you know, he's first 29 in April, former defensive rookie of the year, former defensive player of the year, led the league in tackles twice, um, a uh, top 10 draft pick from the 2012 draft on a scale of one to 10. How surprised were you, Sean? 10. Uh, look, we've, yeah, we've seen players retire before at the age of 30 or before the age of 30. And like with the case of Gronk, for example, you could just tell by watching him that his body was broken down and, like, he needed to step away. You're, you're speaking of Gronk- Rob Gronkowski. Yeah, Rob Gronkowski. The, what makes Keekley's retirement so shocking, and, yes, we know about his injury history. We know about the concussions. But it's not like when you watch him play the game on Sundays, you think, oh, this guy is, like, old. He's he's injured. He's past his prime. He's coming off a really good season. He had 144 tackles, which is more he had in 2018. In 2018, he was first team all pro. So this is a lot like, for me, you can say maybe the Andrew Luck situation or the Calvin Johnson situation maybe more comparable because this is a guy who's still playing at the top of his game and, and walking away. That's why it's so shocking. So if you go to Luke Keekley's Wikipedia page and you hit control F to find a word, and you type in the word concussion, it shows up 11 times. That's a lot. 
And now that's not all for, you know, he didn't have 11 concussions, but, um, you know, it's like in 2016, he had 10 games and suffered a concussion in week 11. Uh, and then, you know, missed six games. He still had over a hundred tackles that year. Uh, and then in 2017, he was placed in the concussion protocol after playing against the Eagles. And I believe that Eagles game was the one where he was carted off crying. And it was that Thursday night game against Philly. Carson, you know, Carson, it was an awesome game. Uh, the Eagle, that was sort of the Eagles coming out party that year with Carson Wentz because Carolina was a very good team as well. Uh, two weeks later, he cleared concussion protocol and he came back and, and had a big game. And he's been, I, I don't, didn't feel like he's really dealt with the concussions a lot over the last two years. But at the same time, you know, you hear what he said on the video and, he got emotional, and you know what? You don't need me to read it. Why don't I just play it for you? Here's an emotional Luke Keekley describing why he left. You know, there's only one way to play this game since I was a little kid is is to play fast and play physical and play strong. And at this point, I don't know if I'm able to do that anymore, and that's the part that is the most difficult is I still want to play, but I don't think it's the right decision, so thought about it for a long time and i think now is opportunity for me to step away i mean look it's it's hard not to listen to that and it's hard to listen to that and not get emotional i mean it's this is a guy who like you hear all the cliches about being a you know coach's son or a, you know like a blue collar mentality just a football guy like he's a football guy he's one of the most brilliant minds at middle linebacker that you will ever see play the game of football drafted in 2012 again defensive rookie of the year defensive player of the year in 2013 um just piles up tackles always ahead of the offense always in the right spot when they had a good defensive line going to carolina keekley would just explode in there 12 and a half sacks 18 interceptions i mean but you, you like you can tell sean that he, if he were perfectly healthy, he'd be coming back expecting to have an all-pro season. Yeah, and the frustrating thing, I, he didn't directly cite concussions in, in his uh, in his statement. You have to imagine that's obviously the injuries uh, that he's talking about. Um, but to what he's saying, what makes it so frustrating from a viewer standpoint, I'm sure for for him, is that with a knee injury or or a back injury in the case of Gronk. You can just see that on the field, and that just makes it really easy to accept. You can't really see the impact of concussions except when he's getting carted off and crying. And he actually had a quote in 2017. I was going back and looking at it. They were asking him if he would think about changing his playing style uh, to kind of minimize the risk. And he said, you play the game and don't think about getting hurt because that slows you down. And then that ends up increases increasing the likelihood of getting hurt. So that kind of echoes what he said in that clip there, which was, look, I can't change the way I play the game. If I start even thinking about that, I'm not going to be Luke Keekley anymore. Uh, so by, that's by, the, by the way, Gronk just tweeted out uh, as we were recording this. Gronk tweeted, congrats, Luke Keekley on early retirement. You were a fearless player all out there on the field. So when are you coming back? Which is like, like, I don't know if make it about you, Gronk, but that's pretty funny. Cause like, nobody's gonna, nobody's like, when is Andrew Luck coming back? Well, I guess people do ask about Luck, but then nobody's gonna be like, when, people kind of ask that. That's fine. But like, <laughs> but like, people weren't like, is Luck coming back in week seven? Like, can the Colts call Luck? And like, nobody's gonna be like, can the, can the Panthers call Luke Keekley and bring him back? But every week people are like, could Gronk come back? So I find that amusing. Anyway, go ahead. I mean, you were talking about, his tackle machines. If if you go and just sort by 2012 to 2019, which was the span of his career, 
and you just sort by linebackers. I mean, he is like first in every single category. I think he's second in solo tackles, uh, first in combined tackles, first in tackles for a loss. If you don't include Clay Matthews, who was more of an outside linebacker and reason he got a lot of those. Uh, he was first in interceptions with 18. That's an overlooked part of his game. Like we all know about the tackling. 18 had, interceptions as a middle linebacker is insane. The next closest player has 12 at his position group. Since so, he was drafted. Yes, from 2012 I mean, to 2019. I mean, like, he's not that close, but, like, the bottom board on, on pro football reference of leaders, all-time leaders in interceptions is at 28. And those are all defensive backs who are having the ball thrown at them on a regular basis. Like, to have 18 interceptions and even to have 12 and a half sacks as a middle linebacker whose primary job is stuffing the run. And that's really the thing, too, is, like, because of his job, because of how he plays, downhill, hitting gaps, tackling running backs. I mean, that is a takes a physical toll on your brain and on the hits that you take. And remember, Keekley was a three. He was a four, he was at BC for four years, three times at, in Boston at Boston College. Was named the Dick Buckus uh, Linebacker of the Year in in college football. So that's that's fairly decent. And again, I mentioned the cerebral thing. Um, I'm going to play this clip really quick, if it's cool, uh, of him from All or Nothing talking about scouting Saquon Barkley. There's not as much tape on him as, as other guys I've seen. So, like, the more you watch on guys, the better feel for you, you can get for him. So, like, when, when Saquon's in, i got to understand what his running style is. He runs very strong. He's got really good contact balance. His ability to stop start and then his lateral his lateral ability to run away from guys is unique he's fast he's explosive he runs strong he's a he's a special guy with the ball if you don't understand kind of how he likes to run the ball i think you put yourself at a disadvantage especially with the with a guy like this that's as unique as he is so i mean like that is is better when you see the video so whatever but um keekly like I saw Billy Marshall of, uh, I guess he's from, uh, Catch Scratch Reader sometimes, but he tweets a bunch at Billy M underscore 91. Uh, and I think that he made a good point that it would not be surprising at all to see Keekly go into scouting or go into like coaching. And cause Dan, that's what Dan Morgan does. And now Dan Morgan, the former Panthers linebacker, uh, really he's from UCLA, but a similar sort of build. Uh, in terms of type of player and, and dealt with concussions. And that's why he retired early. Um, and Dan Morgan is in pro personnel now, Like Keekly could, if he wants to do that, he will absolutely have a spot in somebody's front office. I would assume as a scout and then eventually maybe onto something bigger. Yeah. I mean, you always hear stories about coaches and scouts. So one thing you have to be able to do is work those long hours. Like we make fun of Adam Gase all the time for working those long hours. Uh, the difference is guys like Luke Keekly. That time is actually well spent, and, and it translates on the field. Adam um, Gase is on like level seven thousand of Candy Crush, though. So I mean, like he's <laughs> he's he's got that going for him. Here's a Ron Rivera quote: What he told the Athletic about a year and a half ago. This is him telling a story. He said it was 2015. It was Christmas Eve. I walked in. He was still on the projector. It was 5:30 p.m. I said, "Hey, you need to go home." He said. Well, nobody gets here until tomorrow morning. I said, well, it's Christmas Eve. I think you need to go home. I'll come back in an hour. I hope I don't catch you. So I come back an hour later. I heard his door close, and I was around the corner. So I went and looked up, and the light was still blinking. So I knew he had just <laughs> left. That's what he does. That's just the way he is. He's – he. I mean, like – so I started covering the NFL for CBS in um, during the 2010 season. So, like, 
I mean, not, and look, I grew up a Panthers fan. I mean, this is a team I, I, uh, you know, I, I grew up rooting for and grew up watching. And it, you know, look, I'm, you know, it's my team. Um, so the first draft I went to was Cam Newton. Second draft was Luke Keekley. And it's kind of like, it is sort of insane that Cam Newton's time with the Panthers is probably either at an end or about to be at an end or he has one year left and then he's going to go somewhere else. And now Luke Keekley is retiring. Like I did not. It is, it is, it is very weird for me to have the guys that I started covering when I got to CBS for the team that I grew up rooting for, uh, to be walking away. And, and like, I don't know. Keekly is, uh, it's also interesting, I think, too, because two years ago, the Panthers, we really thought that they would be undergoing a lot of transition. And Ron Rivera managed to stave that off. He kept his job for a little bit longer than people thought when Jerry Richardson sold the team to, to David Tepper. Uh, now Ron Rivera is out. Matt Rule is in. They just hired Joe Brady from the LSU Tigers. Didn't do an emergency podcast on that. Brady Quinn, don't worry about it. Uh, but, um, yeah, <laughs> uh, but that's like Joe Brady's in. Matt Rule is in. Ron Rivera's out. Cam Newton is probably heading out. This team is a, is going to be totally different. I do wonder, Sean, if the idea that Luke Keekley is looking at this roster and thinking, all right, maybe Cam will be traded. Maybe they're sort of rebuilding with this new coaching staff. Maybe it is also a good time to sort of transition out of town. Uh, do you think that maybe played a factor? Yeah, I mean, it's hard to speculate because you don't know about like how hurt he actually is and what doctors sure. have told him. But yeah, he did mention in his statement that he felt like the state of the linebacking room was pretty strong, so he felt comfortable leaving. That said, you look at their depth chart and like there's just no replacing Luke Keekley. Like you have Shaq Thompson at one of the inside linebacker spots. I mean, I think that's fine. Uh, but then you look who's behind Luke Keekley. You have Andre Smith and, uh, they drafted Jermaine Carter two years ago, I believe. Uh, but there's just not really a guy who can step in and replace them because there just isn't a guy like that who exists around the league unless somehow you trade for Bobby Wagner. So, um, <laughs> there's just no replacing him. I mean, he, we just did our all-decade team um, a couple weeks ago, and we had 20 people voting, and it was either Bobby Wagner or Luke Keekley getting first-place votes. Not an, a single other player did not get first-place votes. This guy very clearly was, along with Bobby Wagner, the best linebacker, inside linebackers of the past 10 years, and it's not even close. Yeah. There's no replacing him. Uh, by the way, the Panthers, seventh overall pick in the draft. We talked about Isaiah Simmons. I don't know if you do you watch do you watch college football? I watched the half of the national championship game. What did you think? Uh, you know, that, 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 that LSU quarterback looks pretty good. Did you think Burrow first overall? Yes, I would. Yeah, I just don't know how much Burrow you've watched this year. Very little. Okay, I mean it, it's fine. It's not your job to watch college football. Thank I, you. No, I mean I'm just saying no. You're you're, you're, you're right. I want no. I I watch very little college football until after the NFL season, and then I try to go back and watch. The prospects. Yeah, I watch most of it because I'm a degenerate. But um, the uh, at any rate, um, so like it would not be surprising. Maybe an Isaiah Simmons who we who we saw on the field could uh, could potentially be in play there at number seven. Certainly, a defensive player um, could be in the mix. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, is Luke Keekley a Hall of Famer? The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. 
Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. Gather your besties. We are very exclusive. And get ready. Mom, go make snacks. For sure, Regina. For the movie that hits like a bus in a good way. No one dies. Mean Girls. Made at PG-13. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. All right, so Luke Keekley retires. Not a long career. I mean, that's the, you know, that is, uh, that is just sort of the, uh, the nature of it. I mean, he, he was drafted in 2012. Um, it is, cr- by the way, it's crazy to see before we dive into that hall, of, the hall of fame, uh, thing. It is pretty wild to see the, the 2012 NFL draft, Sean. Number one overall, Andrew Luck retired before the season and shocking news. Um, were it not for Antonio Brown, he would have been the featured preseason emergency podcast. Number two, Robert Griffin, backing up Lamar Jackson. Number three, Trent Richardson, long out of the league. Number four, Matt Khalil, technically still active. <laughs> um, Football player, yeah. He's on the, he's on the Texans, right? Um, number five, Justin Blackman, long out of the league. Uh, real off-field issues. Hope he's gotten those taken care of. Number six, Mo Claiborne. Seven, Mark Barron to Tampa Bay, converted to a, a linebacker. Eight, Ryan Tannehill. Huh? How about that? How about that? And now he might be, he's four quarters away from going back to Miami, the team that drafted him eighth overall to potentially win a Super Bowl in Miami. That would be delightful. Number nine, Luke Keekley, now retired. And number 10, Stefan Gilmore, drafted by Buffalo out of South Carolina, now a potential defensive player of the year. With uh, the Patriots after signing with them in free agency, Don Terry, Poe, Fletcher Cox, Michael Floyd, Michael Brockers, Bruce Irvin now with the Panthers, Quentin Copels, huh? Wow. Ken hey, Shane McClellan, nineteen. That's right. Drake Kirkpatrick, Melvin Ingram still active. Chandler Jones at twenty-one, a really nice pick. I mean, Monte it's just high tower. It like, I mean, so coming after the two thousand eleven draft with like Cam Vaughn. Um, Julio, AJ Green, Patrick Peterson. We kind of looked at this draft. We're like, Hey, maybe this draft has Hall of Fame potential too. And the 2013 draft was a disaster. 2012 has not panned out to be the great draft, uh, that many thought it could be. However, Luke Keekley could be maybe, maybe the only Hall of Famer in the first round. Is Fletcher Cox to be a Hall of Famer diva? Ultimately, I don't think so, but I think he, Probably not. He's yeah. on the on the right track, but I think he's on the outside looking in. So the only other guys who could compete to potentially get in the Hall of Fame, in my opinion, would be Fletcher Cox, Chandler. And this is just the first round. Fletcher Cox, Chandler Jones, David DeCastro, Dante Hightower, a real long shot, um, and then Kevin Zeitler has been traded, so I would I would doubt it. So right now, and maybe maybe Harrison Smith, Mr. Schwartz. I, is a, yeah, sure. Can I ask you an interesting question? Doris Jenkins. Just kidding. When uh when Andrew Luck retired, I went back and I redrafted the top ten of the 2012 draft, which obviously Luke Keekley's in. Just at, off the top of your head, looking at that order, 
where would you draft Keekley knowing today that he's retiring after eight seasons? Well, and when we talk about the Hall of Fame, remember Russell Wilson was in this class. Yeah, so I had, yeah, I had Russell Wilson at one. I went Andrew Luck at two still. Um, because I think if you got that many years with Andrew Luck, you would take that. Um, and I had Keekly at five, Bobby Wagner at four. I think you could have flipped those if you wanted to. I mean, I would, I'm biased, but I would, because I like Keekly, but I would take Keekly over Bobby Wagner. Um, well, not anymore. I mean, like, how many more years is Bobby Wagner playing? More than Keekly, and they're both playing, I would say, at a, at the same level. Keekly had a better start to his career, I think, than Wagner. It's like, I mean, Wagner had a great start, but he was also on like a, the Legion of Boone. So, I mean, I would say Keekley's peak is higher, but Wagner, Wagner obviously will have more longevity. But so I, you, I have no you would still, would you would still take Keekley five though, or would you take him that high? Well, who's knowing, six? knowing you get, um, Stefan Gilmore. You would take Gilmore over Keekley. Yeah. Especially if you're like, if you can put him in Bill Belichick's system. Yeah. I had Fletcher Cox at seven. You, Probably go Cox now, just because. I don't. It just depends. On, I don't know how long Fletcher Cox is playing, right? Like, I mean, Fletcher Cox is a six four, three hundred ten pound human who is uh, going to be thirty next December. You know, I mean, like, I would probably go Keekley, but it's it's pretty close. I just think we're going to see guys retiring it, and this is the interesting debate about the Hall of Fame too. So, like, this the concussion stuff is so new. I mean, now it's accepted and we sort of moved into an era where it's like, everybody's trying to prevent head trauma. Everybody's aware of, of what the issues are when you play football, which should have been aware 10 years ago, What for whatever. We don't have to get into the nuances of that. But like, if this had happened five years ago, it, it would be breaking news on CNN. Yes. 29, will... 29 year old superstar linebacker walks away from football in the middle of a multi-million dollar contract has had concussion issues. Right, and I think he has a $10 million salary the next two years, so he's walking away from $20 million plus million dollars, yeah. depending on the bonuses as well. And the reason why you mentioned, it's so crazy to think about, in the last five years alone, the number of players who have retired before turning 31, uh, Patrick Willis, who obviously one of the best linebackers of his generation, right up there with Wagner and Keekley, uh, Calvin Johnson. Calvin Johnson. Andrew, Andrew Luck. Luck. Rob Gronkowski, Luke Keekley. Those are five guys in the last five years under the age of 31 who are – Those are – Make an argument were the best at their position group when they played. I mean, like, those guys were all involved in the in the discussion with the all-decade team. Now, I'm sure that um, because of Rodgers and Breeze and Brady, Luck wasn't even mentioned as, like, a voting, a voting guy. But, like, if you were just saying – you know, I mean, like, he was very, very good. I mean, he was an elite quarterback. So – it's crazy. Yeah, guys are walking away sooner. The Hall of Fame is going to have to deal with that. And I, this is interesting. I, uh, I was tweeting with Greg Rosenthal about it. Um, my initial gut reaction when he retired was like, okay, let's, you know, let's sort of look at the, you know, let's look at his resume. Is he a, is he a Hall of Famer in your mind? For me, yes. Uh, I think we should reward guys who were at the top of their, game at, at, at the top of their position group when they played for a long enough period of time. I think eight seasons is long enough, especially when you look at his resume. I mean, he made the, I mean, Pro Bowls seven. are flawed. Seven oh, Pro no, Bowls. Seven the Pro one Bowls. And the one time he didn't make Pro Bowl, he won Rookie of the Year. Yeah. So, um, but I'm just saying, so he still won a higher honor in the year he didn't make the Pro Bowl. Five first-team All-Pro out of eight seasons, which is 
kind of incredible. Six, six, yeah, five first team, one second team All Pro. Out of eight years. Yeah, it's we insane. just ran through the stats. He's like the league leader, pretty much every single staff for inside linebackers. I don't know what else he could have 2000, done. 2013 Defensive Player of the Year. That matters too. That's true. Because that that is a that you are recognized as the best defensive player in all of football. Like that that you can't. It's not even like was he the best linebacker in football? It's like he was the best defensive player in football for at least one year, maybe more, when he played 16 games. And so like that is that's a big milestone in terms of a Hall of Fame resume. And I don't want to turn – we're not going to turn this into an Eli Manning Hall of Fame discussion, but it would really annoy me if we give guys who were never top three at their position group but were managed to play for 15 years and compile all these stats and put them in, and we're not going to put in guys like Luke Keekley, guys like Calvin Johnson. I assume Gronk will get in because he was a part of those Patriots teams, and, uh, I mean, he played just a more exciting position than Luke Keekley did. But I think we have to start rewarding guys who were really good for five or six years even at the top of their game and were the best at their position group and get them in. The one thing I'll say, maybe boating well, is the trending towards this? I mean, Terrell Davis just got in, what, two years ago? Yeah. And I know, I know he had playoff success, and that probably played a big role being a part of the narrative of getting Elway over the hump. But I think if Terrell Davis is getting in, I mean, he had, what, three incredible years at his peak, and that was it? Uh, we have to let Keekley get in, who did it for eight years. Yeah, and so um, Keekley, Terrell Davis, three-time Pro Bowler, three-time All-Pro. Yeah. He had three incredible seasons. He had four good years, one 2,000-yard season. I mean, yeah, like, see, that's what I don't get. Um, And, like, I'm not knocking John Clayton. He's a Hall of Famer and a legend. But I was really surprised. Like, I remember reading this at the time, and I was like, what? In 2016, February 2016, at the uh, Super Bowl in San Francisco, I I was actually in uh, in in a taxi cab on the way from the airport to our hotel in San Francisco with uh, Dan Hansis and Chris Wessling from around the NFL. And, like, the Calvin Johnson news broke, and I was on a shift. I remember like, this. I had to, like, whip out my laptop and do the story. And they're like, what is the matter with you? What are you doing? <laughs> I was like, hey, man, got to grind. Um, but it was a shocking it was shocking news. But um, John Clayton wrote a column and said, retire the notion that Calvin Johnson will end up being a first ballot Hall of Famer. His nine-year career puts him on the fringe of the Hall of Fame consideration, but more could be needed to make this a no-brainer on the first try. Now, a uh, I, again, I'm not disparaging John Clayton. He's one of the greatest sports writers of all time, as good as it gets in the NFL. But to me, Calvin Johnson is a no friggin' brainer slam dunk Hall of Famer. If you don't want to make him on a first ballot, that's fine. I don't care. But when you talk about the best wide receiver in football over an eight year period, that was Calvin Johnson. He was the exception to the rule. He was bigger, stronger, faster, and more talented than everybody else. And he was the best at his position. Like, and there were no, there was no, there was, there wasn't really a discussion for like three or four years, right? And I, yes, I'm a Bears fan. So look, I had to deal with that twice a year. There was no other receiver I think I dreaded watching the Bears face than him. Uh, the only thing that could stop him was terrible rules of him putting the ball down when he was scoring a touchdown. Right, or the fact that he played for the Lions and they brought Matthew Stafford in. He led the league in receiving twice. My point being is that if they're going to – if the this is my concern with Keekley. If the And maybe Keekley is a, a bridge to, to, to opening this up to guys who played shorter time periods. But also worth noting, Patrick Willis didn't make the finalist list this year for the 2020 class. Like Patrick Willis and Luke Keekley have very, very similar resumes. 
Yep. Especially with going to the Super Bowl, right? Where he was with the 49ers with Kaepernick. He was one of the guys who was a, a pro bowler in 2012 when Keekley didn't make it. He's a first round pick. I think he was 11th overall at Ole Miss. Uh, five all pro teams, seven pro bowls, something like that. Um, you know, the, the, the resume, I'll look at it here. It's, uh, one, two, three, four. He made all pros a rookie, by the way, in 2007. Um, five all pros and seven pro bowls. Uh, you know, retired in after 2014, led the league in tackles twice, eight interceptions, was never defensive player of the year. And that matters again, but like pretty similar resumes. And he wasn't a finalist this year. Well, and, and let me give one more case for boosting Keekly. If we want to factor in postseason success, which we absolutely should in the Panthers Super Bowl run, which obviously culminated with the loss, he had two pick sixes. Um, in the lead up to that one against Seahawks in a seven point game, by the way. Yep. So he provides the difference there and another in that blowout over Arizona. Uh, in addition to having 13 tackles in a sack throughout that run. So if the Panthers are able to finish off that game and it's not like they lost that game because Luke Keekley lost that game because their offense couldn't move the ball. Uh, we're talking about that as like one of the best like defensive seasons that is punctuated with an all time great, uh, playoff run that he doesn't get credit for because they didn't win the game. Yep. And by the way, mentioned Patrick Willis is a fi- not a finalist. One of the 15 finalists who was in, sort of ironically, Sam Mills, who is the guy that you know, keep pounding is named after him. He was only the Panthers for three years, but he, he made his only all pro team as a 37 year old linebacker with the Panthers. Okay. He, I mean, he had four pro bowl or five pro bowls, one all pro. He's a like this is my concern is that the hall the hall of fame voters and I don't know whether they value longevity or they just do stat comparisons. I think that Keekley will probably get in because again defensive player like to me he should be in and like Dubin Jared Dubin our colleague tweeted me said if he's not in what's the point of having the hall of fame I think he will get in and this is kind of uh white linebacker from BC. Very friendly with the media, very smart, great personality, outgoing, uh, you know, has, you know, like very charming and personable, racked up tons of tackles, has already been awarded by the same, basically the same group of voters that would vote in the Hall of Fame for the defensive rookie of the year, defensive player of the year, uh, the captain of the team, the football guy. It's easy to see him as a sell. So maybe he's the bridge to get all these guys who retire early in. Yeah, the way I would also phrase it in, I'm not taking a shot at Thomas Davis, who is an, still is playing. Um, and it, it's, How did Thomas Davis outlast Luke Keekley? Right, but I was going to say right. if you want to, if you're looking at cumulative stats, you think, oh, Luke Keekley, uh, not as good as as Thomas Davis. When the fact of the matter, if you watch those two guys play side by side, you know Luke Keekley was the better player. And again, not taking anything away from Thomas Davis, but Thomas Davis ranks. Thomas Davis was drafted in 2005. I mean, he's 24th all time in tackles. Yeah. And then if you go down, to, you got to go down way down to find Luke Keekley, obviously, at 59. Uh, but that's what I would say is that it's not all about human live stats. Uh, that can be a factor and that can play a role. But especially when you're looking at guys who play these punishing positions, it's not Luke Keekley's fault he's getting concussions. That That is just a luck thing. He had bad luck. Uh, we shouldn't hold that against him because if he doesn't get those concussions, you have to think he's still playing and racking up those tackles. So you're saying he's not prone to concussions. <laughs> I'm not taking uh, the I'm, 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 Sorry. Um, the people can't help but they get concussed. By the way, worth noting too, just real quickly, 
Thomas Davis didn't make it a Pro Bowl into 2015, 10 years into his career, which is kind of crazy. Uh, he was a, uh, he was a safety at Georgia and drafted as a safety by the Panthers in 05, transitioned to the linebacker, really blossomed once he recovered from those ACL injuries, and then he got put next to Luke Keekley and he moved to the outside. And all the credit in the world to Ron Rivera. You know, you talk about it like that helped Luke Keekley a ton, I think, being drafted for a team that was coached by Ron Rivera, learning under a, a, a you know former Super Bowl winning uh, legendary uh, defensive player like that. And uh, so, yeah, Luke Keekley retires at the age of 28. We'll turn 29 three days before the draft on April 20th. Miss you, Luke. Enjoy retirement, buddy. That's it for the emergency podcast. Sean, talk to you soon, pal. Rise and shine, football fans. This is Susanna Fuller from Morning Footy, a podcast part of the CBS Sports Galazzo Network covering the breadth of the global game. Join me, Nico Cantor, Charlie Davies, Alexis Guerreros, and guests every morning for the perfect blend of news, analysis, conversation, and exclusive interviews. If you love soccer, then look no further. We've got you covered for Europe's top five leagues, the W Gold Cup, the Champions League Knockout Stage, CONCACAF Nations League, NWSL, MLS, Transfer News, and much more. Download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere podcasts are found. Subscribe to Morning Footy.